0: Politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz, And welcome back to the Conservative Review podcast here at Conservative Review's Northern Command Center on this October 2nd. My gosh, it's like we forgot how to do this after that uh, very liberal weekend that we took off. Quite liberal, I would say. Probably the only thing that we were liberal with this week. Um, lots of good feedback from Friday's show about healthcare. Thanks for all your well wishes for the Jewish New Year, as well as the new fiscal year. It is now fiscal year 2020. Um, everyone's focused on the 2020 elections before it's even 2020, but I guess uh, at least it's the fiscal year. And we're not going to talk about impeachment today. But what we will talk about is... What's embodied through this discussion of impeachment, if you think about it, this business of, oh, my gosh, possibly we have deep state plants in the executive branch trying to take out the president, Um, changing whistleblowing rules. A lot of you have seen news on that. And there's this general sense that we have lawlessness in this country. And what's interesting is sometimes when you take a couple days off and you're not following everything, every minute, the granular details, sometimes it helps to step back and you see the 30,000 foot view, the full picture. And what I found to be very interesting is that after tuning out the news for a couple of days and you come back, maybe it's my own confirmation bias, but the broad sense of what has gone on since we've spoken last together at this great town hall together since Friday. So weekend, Monday, Tuesday. What I saw is just pure anarchy between crime, between illegal immigration, where the inmates are running the asylum, where illegal immigrants now are such a powerful political constituency in this country that they can now make it illegal to enforce immigration laws illegals are super citizens citizens are dirt law enforcement seeking to enforce the laws are treated as criminals criminals are treated like lawful citizens crime out of control and then we have crazy lawless courts one after another just shredding ripping up just like boom Ripping up immigration law, not that they have the power to do so, but this business where we refuse to speak the truth about the fact that courts do not have a veto power over legislation. And then if we have time, I do want to get to a special guest today. So there's really a lot to do, and certainly we're not going to be able to sift through my stack of stuff um, just from the last couple of days. But we'll slowly catch up on some of the news. Now, I want to start off just with, with crime, and we're going to mix together illegal immigration. I want you guys to take a look at this video right here, um, what happened, You know, put out by the New York Police Department, what happened in the city of New York. So we've talked a lot about this knockout culture the fact that there is simply no deterrent to these criminals and it turns out that this guy is um, you know being held in this sucker punch attack it turned out that that woman you couldn't see so clearly from the video she's a 71 year old woman 71 year old woman this was a 27 year old man walking up to an unsuspecting 72-year-old woman, 71-year-old woman, and just knocking her out. It's just unbelievable. It is unbelievable. Um, Joanne Baptiste was walking to her Brooklyn home from her daycare job when John Quinn Whittle, 27, allegedly knocked her to the ground, according to New York's WPIX TV. Now, thankfully, he is in custody. Now, anyway, this guy broke her jaw, knocked her out. It looks horrific. Um, And I don't know what her, you know, background is, but she appears to be black. And like I said, you know, we talk a lot about the black on white crimes that go unreported. 90% of the interracial crimes in this country are black on white, even though blacks are only 13% of the population. But again, most often when there's no deterrent, um, because we so supposedly don't want to lock up too many blacks, well, blacks are most often going to be the victim just because of geography and the neighborhoods. Um, now, I haven't had time to look at this person's criminal record, but it turns out, you know, thankfully it was caught. How much time do you think this guy is going to get? I know a guy like that, in my book, he should be in jail for the rest of his life. We need a deterrent. We need mandatory minimums against this knockout stuff. And often it's done by juveniles. We need mandatory charging them as adults. But, you know, to move on, I want to I have a lot to say on crime. And we're going to develop this in the coming days. Because uh, there's a lot of news. The uniform crime statistics from the FBI came out for 2018. They show crime going down, which makes no sense because the victimization report from BJS shows it going up. You could figure that one out. We'll talk about that in the coming days. A lot more I, I want to say about um, about crime. But before I lose you know track of time, I do want to get to immigration news and in many respects that video is all of us we are being knocked out our laws that we pass through our elected representatives often by unanimous consent in the senate foundational laws that govern the sovereignty of a nation we are now told that any local yokel police chief that's a fake police chief or county officials, and unelected judges could just shred our immigration laws. Just take them and shred them. So illegal aliens are now citizens, they control our laws, our laws don't matter. This was the big news from yesterday in my book, the most important piece of news that is really, really embodies a bigger problem we're seeing. Where, you know, states are nothing. States in general can't do anything. Just yesterday, federal judge in Georgia says that they can't regulate abortion um, to prohibit abortion after a heartbeat is detected in a baby. No, you can't. You can't do that. Somehow it's against the Constitution. So states can't determine those policies. But somehow states are free and localities, even county governments, could thwart the most foundational federal laws, as we've said many times. Part of the reason why we moved from the Articles of Confederation to the Constitution, according to Madison and Roger Sherman, is because we needed uniform immigration policies set by the federal government to ensure that, according to Madison, quote, obnoxious aliens wouldn't be allowed in through some states where other states wouldn't want them. So many of you have seen this news that the Fairfax County Police Chief, this guy, Edwin uh, Rossler, put out a statement saying that they put an officer on leave. What was his crime? He enforced immigration law. He honored a hold from ICE or a warrant from ICE. And what's amazing is he, he tells over the story and, and just admits it plainly. And basically what happened was, like many illegal aliens who are dangerous drivers, he was driving without a license, got into an accident. Doesn't say the harm he might have caused to others. Of course, th- that doesn't matter. This guy was treated as the victim and the officer was treated as the criminal. Basically, the officer ran a routine you know, background checks. And. Um, you know, he found that the guy was driving without a license. And then it's not like he was looking for this, but he found that the local ICE uh, office put out a warrant on him. Because he didn't appear in for for a court date. So any good officer would hold someone for the warrant. And he contacted ICE and said, hey, you know, we got this guy here. And they're like, we're right around the corner. We'll come pick him up. And they did. Evidently, this happened September 21st. And he was put on administrative leave for violating their policies of not coordinating with ICE. This violates, obviously, federal law 1373, 8 U.S.C. 1373. They have to share information. 1324, you're not allowed to induce, encourage, harbor, shield illegal aliens from detection. 8 U.S.C. 1644, unambiguously states that, quote, no state or local government entity may be prohibited or in any way restricted from sending to or receiving from federal immigration officials information regarding the immigration status of of a foreign national. And somehow the, this fake police chief, because uh, that's what he is, fires an officer for following the law and the Constitution. Where is the Department of Justice? Where is this administration? They, where is DHS? This has got to stop because this is a growing problem. The Chicago police put out a similar memo that any time there's an immigration enforcement, their officers have to run away so they can't in any way help them. We now have the city of New York violating both federal law and the Constitution by fining people up to $250,000 for using the term illegal alien. No freedom of speech in this country. Just using the term and then for, quote, discriminating in the the context of employment or housing against illegal aliens. (laughs) Discriminating federal law says you cannot employ illegal aliens. It's not just any federal law. It's a foundational law that was part of a major legislative process that in return for that, they got amnesty in 1986 under the promise that future aliens would be deterred by barring them from working and a state could just say i'm going to criminalize you for abiding by federal law housing you should you 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 can harbor them that's harboring that's 1324 where is the federal government and if they don't step in why should you and i have to pay taxes why they don't do their job we have complete anarchy in this country And then we have federal judges. We'll we'll, we'll try to get into this a little bit more tomorrow. Three cases. One said expedited removal. You know, when the Trump administration actually finally enforced the law on the book. On the books. 1996 law. That any alien who hasn't been here for two years or can't prove that he was here for two years. Is out without a court date. Just straight up. He's thrown out. A judge says, no, it's unconstitutional. You can't do that. That law passed the Senate unanimously and was signed by Bill Clinton. Another judge, Central District of California, of course, Dolly G. The administration can't reform Flores, even though that was part of the original settlement and they they created facilities that abide by all the terms. No. And then another one saying that basically ICE cannot lodge detainers without a criminal warrant this is such a dangerous ruling because it's allowing all of these localities to say you need a warrant they can't get a warrant because immigration by definition is an administrative process it's not a criminal process that's the whole point point. and because it's not a criminal process that's why they don't have Due process. They're all like, we have rights. We have due process. And we're like, no, you don't, because we're not trying to criminally convict you. We're just trying to enforce our sovereignty and send you back to your home country. It's not a criminal process. That's why they don't have due process. And that's why they can't get a criminal warrant, even if they wanted to. And that's why they don't need one. They're throwing out foundational laws. Why should you and I pay taxes? Then again, if you and I didn't, Believe me, there would be no sanctuary. There would be no judges protecting us. There would be no uh, local phony police chief or local county executive. And what's so dangerous in places like Fairfax County, right, northern Virginia, it's become a magnet for MS-13. This is how you catch them. We've said this before. We've, we've chronicled numerous cases here where you've had the worst sex offenders, murderers that were originally caught by police without a driver's license. And they weren't turned over to ICE. The public safety threat of that is is enormous. Because again, if you're the type that's going to go on the road and drive without a license, you're the type to do all sorts of crimes. It's obvious. And I know I'm just kind of rushing here because I want to get to our guest. Um, we we scheduled uh, our guest uh, Arnold Mooney running for Senate in Alabama a while ago and I didn't want to bump him off even though we have a lot to talk about Um, so we'll, we'll have him on in a couple minutes but just wanted to note speaking of prior crimes being able to catch criminals before they can commit worse crimes other big news I mean, a lot a lot has happened since we've spoken last over the weekend. Two cops were killed by repeat offenders who were out on parole and remained on parole and weren't locked up despite violating their parole. One was in. Um, where was this one was in Houston and one was in New York. So the one in Houston, a lot of you have seen this news, Sandeep, Dahal Wow, I don't know how to pronounce the name, but he was held as the first uh, Sikh cop. Um, he was openly Sikh. He wore a turban and everything. And we're all for celebrating diversity, right? Well, here we have a guy who loved to be a law enforcement officer. He loved to be a policeman. There's a lot of really nice stories about him in, in the obituaries and in Texas papers. So basically, this guy pulled over Robert Solis, um, routine traffic stop. And, you know, I I guess he asked for his information and then typically they returned to their patrol car. So he turned around, walked towards his patrol car. As he was doing that, Robert Solis allegedly got out of his car and in an ambush style execution, shot him in the head and killed him. Who is Robert Solis? Well, he is a typical rap sheet that is out on the streets. Not locked up, yes, even in the state of Texas. Thanks to Rick Perry and Greg Abbott. All these guys, and Greg Abbott now wants to talk about gun control, right? But this man doesn't want to lock up repeat violent gun felons. So who is Robert Solis? So I found on Harris County court records a 30-year criminal record dating back to 1988. So, back to when he was like seventeen years old, thirty years he had like twenty convictions and arrests, burglary theft, um multiple arrests for aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, robbery with a deadly weapon, drunk driving, several kidnapping charges, one was his own son um basically, the one most relevant to here was in two thousand two Solis was finally convicted he he shot a man, attempted murder, he shot him in the leg, and then, in that same incident um he ran away from the police and then held his own toddler son at gunpoint with like a there was a two hour police standoff with the with the SWAT team. Eventually, they got him. He was sentenced to 20 years in prison, which, you know, by then this guy had a 14 year history of violent crime, all sorts of crimes, shot someone this business. 20 years should have been a minimum. <clears throat> but thanks to Texas's jailbreak policies. <clears throat> and I'm sorry, I'm very hoarse today. He was let out. In 2014, that's around the time they started this business in Texas, jailbreak, after just 12 years. Well, he was let out on parole. What happens with parole? Remember, for the same reasons why they let them out, they want to keep them out. Because they want the numbers and the prison population to go down, not the crime numbers to go down. So basically what happened was, in 2016... He was arrested for DUI. That's a violation of his parole. Meaning, I'm not asking to convict him for the DUI, but at least he should serve out the sentence from the previous thing. And, you know, that, that's what happens when you violate your parole. But not anymore. A year later, there was an, a warrant issued for his arrest after he was caught possessing a gun. Again, illegally. But he managed to remain a fugitive until this cop caught him. And he lost his life. Another man in New York, um, Antonio Lavance Williams in Bronx, New York, um, is a little bit complicated, but he's responsible for the death of Brian Mulkeen, a six-year veteran with the NYPD. Um, basically, uh, Mulkeen was approaching him for a stop. Uh, Williams ran away. Williams had his own gun, but struggled with Mulkeen for his gun. Um, it's heard over the scanner. He, um, was was uh, yelling out. He's reaching it for it. He's reaching for it. And what appears to have happened is, um, he probably would have would have killed him. But instead, what happened was, um, the other cops there just fired a bunch of shots, and they wound up killing both of them. So originally, they thought that Williams killed um, the cop, but it turns out that it was friendly fire. But I mean, either way, likely he would have been killed, and certainly. It's it's the fault of Williams in this case, not the the cops who was Williams. He was uh, convicted for burglary in 2011. He was paroled in 2015, but he was caught in a drug trafficking bust in 2018, was not locked up because no, 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 you can't lock up people for drug trafficking. So he was paroled through 2022, yet he was still caught again this January in Binghamton for larceny, wasn't locked up, even though he violated his parole. Um, there was an active arrest on him to appear in court in May for something else. And then in August 15th, just six weeks ago, he was arraigned for on harassment charges stemming from an assault against his girlfriend, um, where his girlfriend got into an argument with him because she found in his closet drugs and, and a firearm. And this guy was evidently carrying a firearm when this altercation happened that led to the death of the cops. So this is the story. We lock up, um, I, I guess we lock up uh, citizens who want, or, or law enforcement who enforce the law. We don't allow people to carry guns in New York while they're getting knocked out. And then the people doing the knockouts, the people doing the gun felonies, we let them out of jail so they could kill cops. And then we have courts just shredding our laws. That, my friends, is the anarchy we have in this country and amidst all this anarchy that we're talking about for the first time in my career i really don't have anyone to work with in the senate i'm going to say it very bluntly i don't see anyone in the united states senate speaking to immigration laws being violated by localities like a bunch of neo-confederates that's what they are Um, Just saying, hey, you know, we're we're done with this whole federalism scheme. I know we wanted uniform uh, naturalization; that's why we have United States Constitution. But you know what? We're we're gonna criminalize what the federal government is supposed to do. We're gonna criminalize it. Where where's the Senate? Where's the Senate with judicial supremacism? Is California judges just say, you know what? That law in 1996 deporting illegal aliens. Exploited removal? Passed the Senate by voice vote. We, we don't like it. And somehow that's regarded as like a veto, even though it's made up this judicial veto. Where, where is anyone in the Senate standing up for Article 1 prerogatives? You know, it's funny. We heard a lot of people saying, oh, we're concerned about the president building the wall with reprogramming funding. I don't I'm concerned about Article 2 branch uh, infringing on Article 1 prerogatives. Really? Well, what about the Article three branch infringing upon every prerogative of the Senate and, and, the, and the states as well? And the states as well. All these pro-life laws. Remember, there is no right to an abortion in the Constitution the same way there's no right to immigrate in the Constitution. So with that, I want to segue to a special guest, Um. If we are going to fill the vacuum in the Senate, well, we're going to have to get involved in these primaries. And frankly, this is a little bit of a kick in the pants to myself as well, because I've really been behind the eight ball here and, and it's just been so busy. I haven't followed these races as much as I should. And I'm going to need your help. So you could always email me at dharowitz at blazemedia dot com. I mean, look, don't throw notional candidates at at me. But, you know, a guy has a legitimate campaign, has a chance. We'll try to have him on, try to work with him. But if we can't elect someone in the mold of Jeff Sessions from Alabama, then then we're done. Um, you know, Jeff would have been the man to fight on immigration and crime. The two issues we just spoke about. Yet everyone remaining on the Republican side is either in the witness protection program or they're part of the problem. So. Probably the biggest pickup opportunity in the Senate this year is Alabama. You got Doug Jones, very liberal Democrat, won because of anomalous circumstances. He's up um, in cycle now. And there's no question, presidential year, there's no way Jones is going to be able to hold that seat. But look, are we going to fill that seat with an empty suit Republican or someone who actually has a rudder? So I want you guys to see if our next candidate actually has this rudder. Arnold Mooney. Just for full disclosure, we've had him on the show one time before. He is the dad of Gaston Mooney, who is the president of our company, Blaze Media. Um, so I just want to get that out there right away. That's the disclaimer. Um, but he is running for Senate in Alabama in the open Republican primary. He is currently a state state representative. He's very much a leader on cultural issues because we don't have any cultural conservatives left in Washington. Um, he is working on a lot of pro-life initiatives. I want to get his take on some of what's going on with, going on with judicial supremacism. But before I get diarrhea of the mouth, uh, hey, Arnold Mooney, are you on the line?
1: I am. So good to be with you, Daniel.
0: Yes, and, and thanks for joining. I know um, you know, we had a scheduling issue. You are on your way to a very important event that you know, maybe you may or may not be able to talk about. Um, And that's why you're just joining us uh, through audio. Um, We'd love to get you back another time uh, through video. Uh, Let let me just start this off. Sure. Yeah. Let me just start this off right away um, without sugarcoating this. (laughs) You know how I feel. We we, we do not have a Jeff Sessions in the Senate. And what I mean by that is someone who will not just vote the right way, which there aren't too many, um, but who will be a voice. For us, the forgotten, non-criminal, non-felon American taxpayer who wants law and order in this country and then government to get out of the way of everything else. Do you think you could be that voice if you were to win the nomination and and, and win the Senate seat?
1: I believe that's who we are. I, I mean, when you look at what I'm about, that is what I am about, about the whole situation of standing on our foundational values in our nation, of our constitution, of what it gave us, defending the First Amendment, uh, defending the Second Amendment, protecting the lives of the unborn, defending sovereignty, you know, dealing with national debt that's going to burden and possibly destroy the future for our our children and grandchildren. We We are, as a people, in a situation where we've got to go back to the founding principles of our country. I'm an originalist. So I believe very strongly that the document we have called our constitution is the greatest doc- political document in the history of our world.
0: So he, he, here's the problem. A, a lot of Republicans come in saying, hey, I'm a, I'm an originalist, I believe in the Constitution. And then once they get elected, either we never hear from them again, they might quietly vote the right way, the better ones and the worse ones become part of the problem. Um how do you feel you could fill that vacuum? And 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 Specifically you and know, in the Senate. Sure.
1: Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah,
0: no, I was just saying specifically the issues we're having that we're talking about today, but we talk about almost every day, that systemically destroy a civilization. Crime, illegal immigration, and judicial supremacism, which affects every issue. Because if we agree that the Senate doesn't matter and district judges are all that matters, or the Supreme Court, and they're unelected, we don't have a republic. And nothing you campaign on matters.
1: I understand exactly where you're coming from. I mean, clearly uh, the Senate does matter. Clearly the Senate can matter. Clearly the Senate mattered when people like Jeff Sessions and other senators in the past got up, spoke daily, whether it was on the floor of the Senate or it was just simply. Providing information about uh, the problem we're facing now, which has come to be a, he's, he's like a prophet on um, this illegal immigration situation. We're facing a situation where our founders set in place a constitution with a very strong legislative branch. And over the years, that strength has been given away, not just eroded, but given away by the body itself. You know, every senator can get up and speak on every bill, but There's an attitude of go along and get along. We've got to do what the party wants to do. I'm here to tell you that the people of our nation need representatives, congressmen, and senators who will stand up and represent them, who will speak to the issues that they're concerned with, who will speak to the problems that they face in their life, who will speak to the problems that occur because of the things that have happened with this illegal immigration, the uh, unbelievable crimes that are occurring and that type thing. The um, massive amount of debt we're accruing as a result of just looking, even at the, just the southern border. Uh, it's it's amazing. The overreach of the federal judiciary is amazing. We've got to fight from the bottom to the top. You know, we talk about it's great that we've we've uh, elected Justice Kavanaugh, and uh, you know the comments are we've got five conservatives uh, for sure in the. Uh, Supreme Court. I hope we do. But what I say <laughs> is, is there are levels below it where we've got to put in conservative judges so we don't end up getting to the Supreme Court. We solve these things immediately. We have legislation in our state that the people of our state want. They uh, vote for overwhelmingly, uh, that they stand for. We've... we've uh, we voted into our constitution that we are a, 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 a state that a, a state, a, a, one of the United States that recognizes life, that we are pro-life, and that. And then we come and we provide a bill that is going to be a direct contradiction to the personhood of Roe v. Wade. It's a direct rifle shot at it, and I pray that it will overturn that uh, that decision of the court. We've got to, you know, as a people nationally, stand up for these things every day. You've got to talk about it. there's an ideal war going on. The socialists didn't get where they are now without having uh, fought and won ideal wars among our children. And uh, we don't want to see this happen to the point that we lose them to this, uh, this you know, unbelievably un-American form of uh, government that they're proposing. That, you know, where everyone's taken care of from the cradle to the grave. We've got to have some responsibility. We've got to enforce laws. We've got to be about the rule of law. I mean, it It just goes on and on and on daniel it's It's a consistent, constant theme that we've got to speak to and stand up and and fight not just vote but fight fight every day on these nominations, fight every day on these bills, offer amendments offer uh uh bills, whatever offer the things that've got to be done to keep the agenda of the American people out in front. Of the government in our United States Senate, especially because because one of
0: the things that really scares me is this. Imagine if I successfully created a rule just percolating in the political system that any policy or or bill um, enacted by a legislature or an executive, state or federal, um, someone named Daniel Horowitz gets to veto it. Right. I just says it's like a separate clause and in invisible ink in the Constitution. You know, the Daniel Horowitz veto provision, I get to veto any bill I want. Um, would we say, well, let's get the right people on the bench? No, we would say whoever is in the other branches of government need to militate against that premise and they need to push back against it. And, and I think where this comes in, where you're in a pivotal position is this. I spoke about before I brought you on that um, your neighboring state, Georgia passed a heartbeat bill, some, something similar to what uh, you led in the legislature uh, in Alabama. Many other states are passing pro-life laws. A lot of Republicans say they're pro-life. But if you're going to say that the judiciary has the final say over a political question, you know that, that's the point Lincoln was making, that something affecting what he said, the whole of the people, that the judiciary somehow has the final say, th- th- then we're done. It's meaningless. Why run for a legislature? Why run for the Senate? If we're going to agree to that premise, one of the things I find amazing is that the left, again, and just juxtaposing some of the discussion we've had today so far, when they believe something offends their perverted morality, they'll go all out to they they don't just send out campaign uh, emails like like our side does. They actually act so they believe immigration laws are immoral they believe you are not allowed to have sovereignty so 7.8 billion people in the world come here there's no such thing as america the constitution applies everywhere okay and but but that's not just a talking point they will act out and it has real life consequences and they will do what they want in the states okay that that's what they will do and and they will do so despite the constitution and statute Multiple, multiple immigration statutes passed often unanimously by Congress in 1996. Then you go to the red states. Let's juxtapose it. We supposedly believe that abortion is immoral the same way they believe immigration laws are immoral. But what do we do? We virtue signal. Sometimes we'll pass a bill, but then we say, oh, I can't do anything. Not because of the law and the Constitution. As you well know, there's no federal statute or Constitution preempting that. Because of a judge. This is my, what my audience is looking from you. Will you be that senator that will start this discussion, not just on appointing better judges, but on, the, but on the premise of judicial supremacism?
1: On a daily basis. I mean, it's got to happen constantly. We've got to act. We can't just simply be depending on uh, the United States Senate or the, the House of Representatives conservatives have got to unite and conservatives have got to join together and stand up and be heard and present to this nation that belief system that we have, which is so strong and has done us so well through uh, two centuries and into our third century as a nation. I mean, you talk about like the, the sovereignty at our border. I mean, it's getting even worse than we ever thought it could be. We've now got Chinese aliens coming across the southern border. Go figure that. I mean, you obviously would agree with me. I know that this whole issue of, of, uh, chain immigration is absurd. I mean, if it's not merit based, it's got no reason to be there. And it certainly has to be, uh, legal immigration. We can't ha- constantly have people come into our country who come into it illegally. It, de- it demands and defies the rule of law. You know, I, I fear that we're, we're seeing a beginning change that if, uh, we don't do something soon. We're, we're going to be leaving a legacy to our, my children and our, my grandchildren. You may not have them yet, Daniel, but a lot of your listeners do. Yeah, we're yeah. going to leave a legacy that is so much less free as a nation to them, a legacy that does not in any way resemble or look like or sound like or could even be the opportunity that we've had in the past for young people in our nation. We're at a point we have got to deal with this issue. We can't continue to go on. We can't say it's a crossroads, it's a crossroads. We're always at a crossroads. We're in the breach. This is the point where it has come together and it's got to be dealt with and decided. This 2020 election is going to be pivotal for the long-term future of our nation and for the people of our country who believe so strongly in the founding principles of our nation.
0: And and it's going to be pivotal. Again, I want you to bring this back to your particular race it's not just pivotal in terms of the presidential election but it's also pivotal in terms of the senate where we really i mean you'd be hard pressed to count on one hand any semblance of conservatism in that body and people often wonder how is it that we wind up with the reddest of states these just empty suit republicans i mean uh, look, your your neighboring state. Uh, one of the things I saw last week, unbelievably, um, in the vote to overturn the president's emergency declaration. Oh, no, we don't have an emergency at our border, I guess. Uh, even though agents tell me now it's worse than ever with what they call getaways, the runners. Even though the this those surrendering has gone down. Yeah, the 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 runners are worse than ever. We don't have any better strategies and infrastructure and policies in place to deal with that. So that hence the Chinese and and those are are um, by the way, folks. I, t- I reported on this last week. I could tell you I got a new week's Texas data. 90, 90 Chinese in one week in the state of Texas. That is um that's the most I've seen in, in years. So that that is increasing. And I'm glad you brought that up. But but here's the thing, Arnold. Um, You know, Roger Wicker, Mississippi senator. He voted a- against the president on that. Voted against emergency declaration. Lot, several red state um, Republicans. So could you bring this back to your race that if if our movement just says, all right, it's just presidential election and we ignore some of these primaries, that's the difference between getting a real conservative and and, and someone who's part of the problem. I know you want to talk more about positively what you're doing, but isn't it true that you have at least one opponent now talking about DACA and amnesty um, and, and we could wind up with with someone weak on immigration from the state of Jeff Sessions?
1: Well, there's no question that's been discussed. Uh, What I would say is we need to consciously understand and clearly be supporting merit-based immigration. You know, literally what's going on now with the president issuing executive orders, they're based on the law that was passed under the Clinton administration. And they're simply saying that you've got to be able to support yourself if you're coming to this country. You can't be on the public Uh, dole, so to say. You've got to be viable as a worker and be able to do the things that need to be done to become an American and be a part of it. In our race here in Alabama, we've got to stick to the founding principles. We've got to stick to the fact that as a nation, we were put here for a purpose by God, and that purpose has not been exhausted. We still are the light to the world. And we're not going to be a light to the world if we continue to allow our sovereignty to be destroyed, if we continue to allow people to come into our country whose purpose is to steal from us our intellectual property, whose purpose is to kill our children. I mean, how many things have happened in the last uh, two weeks where uh, murders, uh, assaults, you know, all kinds of things that are going on. The stuff about sanctuary cities and counties. There's no way that that's, that's legal. There's no way that that is anything to do with being right in our country. We've got to join together and stand firm in our position, and we've got to take our founding principles back to our nation's capital. They've never left as far as where they're carved into stone or etched into metal and things of that nature. But the minds and the hearts of our people in the heartland of America hold these beliefs strongly. And they believe in sovereignty. They believe in the rule of law. They believe in doing the things that have got to be done to continue to make this nation great. But we've got a situation where both some Republicans and Democrats alike have simply given up on the fact that we are a nation that is founded upon liberty and the pursuit of liberty and the right of our people to make decisions for themselves. And you know, this overreaching of the federal bureaucracy, uh, federal judicial bureaucracy is unbelievable. We've got to get in place from the bottom up judges who will be looking at the Constitution and making a decision on what does it say, not does, not what does, uh, some other uh, thing they've read or something they may have experienced in some study of theirs. It's got to be based on the rule of law in our country, those documents that are the foundation of making the decisions. And if it's not, then we've got to replace them. We've got to move them on. We've got to get them out of the way and get back to the things that are going to give us the opportunity to continue to be the nation we need to be in this third century.
0: Well, well, look, you know, uh, one of of the people you could join is Senator Josh Hawley from Missouri. He's going to need some uh, reinforcements. Um, Basically, it's him and Ted Cruz have led the fight against a number of nominees. Trump- The Trump administration is clearly at a better track record than I think anyone so far. Um, It's quite hard to find conservative lawyers, but, you know, not all of them are good. And some of them were a little bit puzzling, a minority of them. And people don't want to fight the party. But, you know, thankfully, Josh Hawley has scuttled a few of them.
1: Not who elects you. The people elect you. You're a Republican because you've chosen that as a vehicle to run for office. We've got to pay attention to who we have, I believe, a fiduciary responsibility to. That's the people who elect us, Alabamians. Uh, You know, I want to go to Washington to protect the rights and the beliefs and the dreams of Alabamians. And at the same time, that's the same thing that's true in every state in the union. We need to be senators. We need to be congressmen who are representing our states, not our party in the sense of the things that we're talking about right now. We need to be speaking up for strong beliefs, foundational values, and principles. They're what have made this nation great, and they're what we've got to stick to. We cannot walk away from them. We've got to demand that the rule of law be followed and that sovereignty is important. And, you know, I know we're not talking about debt today, but this debt thing is going to destroy us if we don't get off of it. I mean, we're going up this year, in the next two years, it'll be $3 trillion over those three years in debt. We've got a spending problem. We with, don't have a revenue with, problem. With, what are we spending on?
0: With officially Republicans in the majority in that body um, to which you're seeking office I mean, in the Senate, and they just I mean, they just passed another one, busting the budget caps. Almost every Republican, except for a small minority, voted for it. Um, so, the, yeah, that's certainly an issue. I do want to get to one more issue. We're both close to being out of time here, so— I guess we only have time for one more issue. You've mentioned before, and you brought it up a minute ago, that China is something very important. You know, if, um, if the debt is going to be systemically collapsing to our economy, China is the existential security threat, although it does certainly tie back into the debt. Um, many of us have been disturbed by the fact that the Article I branch of government has completely ceded any semblance of a vision on foreign policy. When the truth be told, there really should be, on paper, more bipartisan initiatives um, for what threatens us, what doesn't. You know, you don't have to get into guns and God and babies to discuss that. And I think we should all recognize China is is a threat. Do you have any particular agenda that you would like to push, for um, you to get up there, maybe be on the relevant co- committee to? Um, to, to put us in a better posture uh, headed into what China believes is their century?
1: Well, there's no question they believe it's their century, but I believe it's an American century. And the question now is, are we going to have this American century, another American century? Are we going to confine our children to 100 years of darkness in a world dominated by the Chinese? They have cheated on trade. They've stolen our intellectual property. They've abused American business interests in China. They violate human rights. And religious liberty at every point. Our president has stood up to China in a manner that we have not seen in recent years in my adult life. I mean, we have got to have a person who's going to use, if he has to, I'm a free trade person, but you've got to use tariffs to get their attention and deal with them. You've got to bring them to the table. You've got to work with that situation. So we've got to use every possible means we can to put ourselves into a position to be strong and to make our nation be ready for this fight with China, and debt will destroy us if we're not able to pay for the things we've got to do—to have a, a strong military, to have a strong defense, to have you know a strong trade program—it's uh, it's all about the process of looking at where are the problems and you know actually acknowledging the problems and then speaking to those problems and dealing with them on a daily basis. We've got to stand up and be counted every day.
0: Absolutely. And um, we're about out of time. Is there any uh, website you have that you'd like for people to check out if they're interested in your candidacy?
1: Well, they're very kind if they would go to ArnoldMooney.com, dot ycom We're thankful for what you do, Daniel, for the the, uh, strong message of liberty that you bring every day to the airwaves in our country. This is an ideal war for the hearts and souls of uh, Americans, our children and our grandchildren. We've got to win it. We cannot quit. We've got to keep moving forward.
0: And to do so, we've got to get involved in primaries. So, folks, if you want to check him out, go to ArnoldMooney.com and, and, and look, you know, check out what he has to say. Check out his record, his strong record in the state legislature as well. We'll be having him and other candidates back throughout this uh, election season from all states in the union. Uh, send me if you have a candidate you'd like for us to have on. Well, uh, Mr. Mooney, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, until until next time, I want you guys to remember. It's been a joy. Absolutely. Yeah. Take care. Well, yeah, there you have it, folks. That was Arnold Mooney, candidate for Senate from the great ruby red state that should be ruby red state of Alabama. And uh, I just want to say. This is the problem now, you know, I don't know whether you support him, don't support him. You know, I'm not pushing anyone yet. Um, take a look at the field. There have been r- rumors that some other candidates are weak on immigration. But I do want to say this is how we get stuck with red state losers. Because we, we just think, oh, it's a red state, a Republican will win. Well, which type of a Republican? We got to engage in primaries. It's something uh, I'm writing a mental note to myself. I really want to do this more. And yeah, I mean, I was just thinking of this thought as as we had him on. Look at the difference between the left and the right. The left actually believes in what they espouse, and they're willing to just create anarchy. I'm not saying we create anarchy. I'm saying we follow the law and courts when it comes to broad public policy issues. They're not the law. They're not a veto power. The law is the law. They have a role in it. Um, And we're going to discuss that, you know, throughout the week with these other court cases. But just speaking of all this. uh, Anarchy, I just I just want to end off with an important quote from Calvin Coolidge on his Memorial Day speech in uh, 1927. He noted that, quote, we have flourished as a people because of our success in establishing self-government. But all of these results are predicated upon a law abiding people. If our country should be given over to violence and crime, it would be necessary to diminish the bounds of our freedom to secure order and self-preservation. And just understand that when we have gangs and illegals running loose, drug trafficking, cartels, general crime. It's not just the fact that you're going to have these knockout attacks and, and you know people are going to be scared to walk the streets. We're gonna have, they're going to have a, their cake and eat it too. They're going to have the anarchy and then take away our liberty. So we don't only have socialism or communism in this country from the left. We have anarchy mixed with the socialism, which is a very lethal combination. You know, I I just uh, I have the article out from Monday when I wasn't here, but it was um, posted uh, by our editor. We have this case in, in Indiana. Where this illegal alien, and I'm the only one reporting that the guy is illegal. I got that from ICE. Evidently shot someone in the head on I-70 outside of Indianapolis. Um, while driving, I'm in mean, picture going 70 miles an hour and, and getting a shot, a headshot. They're being very mum on who that is. But if he's, I know he's an illegal now. That, that's like a professional Sicario, cartel assassin. Um, killed this guy. That's very scary if we have this going on in this country. So anyway, we got a lot to dig out of elections, our typical immigration news, lots going on at the border. I haven't gotten into the courts. We're going to keep this all up. Impeachment doesn't mean anything if the left wins the policy outcomes, no matter what. Remember that. That's why, you know, unless I see something new, I'm not going to focus much on that. But until tomorrow... Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube page. Email me at dharwitz at blazemedia.com. Until tomorrow, God bless you all.